Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Today I'm with Craig Rosenberg, who's basically like my mentor. Craig, you know like when I was coming up, which I still am, and you're much taller than me, you probably will always be much taller than me, I literally wanted to be you. How are you? Oh, I'm great. That What a compliment. I uh, I do remember when we first met, I was at a sales hacker conference, right? And you were at the front desk and like, uh, I didn't really know. I was doing the thing where you wander in by yourself into a conference. So I was kind of, I mean, I knew I was speaking, but I was, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of walking in and then uh, you you were uh, ecstatic to meet me and that made me feel really good. So, uh, I, I mean, I appreciate that, but uh you're much taller than me in stature, and that's uh, <laughs> that matters. So. Well, then we met again, uh, or I guess reunited uh, in Atlanta at the um, uh, it's the sales loft event, uh, the first one. What was it Rainmaker that they did, and it was the the dinner they did, and, and I just said, man, I like it affirmed that I needed to be you. So, <laughs> kudos to you, funaholic. Uh, Real quick, if you don't mind just telling the audience a little bit about your professional background, like no joke, everyone, like you're literally, you know, one of the, the most influential, you know, leaders. I, I hate to say thought leaders because I think it's like, I almost think like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost not even really providing a full context because there's, there's really a lot of expertise there and experience. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind just telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So thanks, George. I, I appreciate it. I love the, I mean, you asked me and I said, yeah, I'm doing it. Let's get on, man. And I love that we're talking from Miami and uh, I've enjoyed our relationship since we've reunited Atlanta. Thanks for reminding me on that. So, um, you know, I have a background in sales and marketing. I was, uh, I spent um, five and a half, six years at a boutique consulting firm in the Valley called Sales Ramp that um, many people may not know about who are in the young millennial generation, but um, the, the guy there who ran it is a guy named Stu Silverman, who um, he's a legend in the Valley for building inside sales teams. He built the first teams at Sun, Cisco, I mean, you name it. And I uh, worked for him there and helped build sales and sales development teams in the Valley. And I did it in 2001 to 2005 and a half, the worst time to sell anything in tech i mean it was nuts so that's the best time to learn because right now well we'll see what happens right now but over the last couple of years look i'm not going to say it's been easy to sell but it's definitely been easier to sell um and uh then i spent five and a half years as the vp of marketing for a b2b media company and you know had a big marketing team delivering scale i mean dimension at scale like 60 to 100 thousand. Um, digital, digitally developed leads per month to our clients like SAP and Microsoft and um, you name it. And so I've got that background across the funnel from top of the funnel through close. And that's what I bring to my new company, which is Topo. It's a research advisory consulting firm. We're focused on studying high growth companies and taking those insights and providing them to our clients in either an advisory fashion or in a consulting fashion. And then the uh, been around for over two years, and I would say we've done a pretty good job of making a name for ourselves. I had a lot of fun in the meantime. Well, absolutely. I, you know, I, I'm 
uh, a an attendee at, at I would say most of your events. I absolutely love them. You know, one of the things that I've been able to identify too, and and this I think is reflected in the events and the services that you guys provide over at Topo. Uh, I'm not getting paid for this, folks. I just actually really love the organization and I think they're they're doing great stuff. You know, is that you really have been able to kind of hone in on the different sort of you know functions of an entire revenue chain. You know. Yeah. Every, from the demand gen top of the funnel stuff you know we were just at an event of yours um, you know a couple weeks ago right was it two weeks ago or so uh, on demand gen and what I loved about it was yeah it was demand gen and the marketing uh, function but it was really kind of rolled up into this overall account based you know sales and marketing um, you know sort of uh, movement here which you know is not as we all know is not new uh, but I think the data and the tools that are that are available today are new. Yeah. You know, what would you say uh, if I am a leader of an organization? I'm a CEO that's you know company starting to sh show signs of life and scale and, and promise. Now I you know I raised a little money. I need to now start to scale this revenue thing. What are the sort of like components or or first sorts of sort of tasks that I should be focused on when thinking about hey, there's this revenue chain that's marketing, sales, customer success, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, that was a great event we were at the other day. I had fun. I think you did too. Um, so, yeah. So, um, well, look, that's the perspective we've had, right? So um, from the get-go is that the real high-growth machines are these seamless, predictable efficient well seamless is probably not the right word because there's always going to be friction but you know highly efficient highly predictable scalable um you know uh revenue chains and um and that starts at the top with the brand actually i think we can talk about that a little bit because i definitely think me and you aren't the guys who used to talk about brand but i think we need to now right because guys like me and you are emailing the living crap out of everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about how the brand creates that large sucking sound to demand generation, to sales development, to sales, to CS, to account management, uh, you know, including cross-sell, upsell. And, and, and we've always thought that, but, you know, what you brought up is really important, which is, you know, one thing we have been big on for the last five months has been what we call account-based everything because everyone's talking about account-based marketing or some people are trying to trickle in account-based sales development or account-based sales or throw account-based on anything and it's okay like i'm not that wasn't meant to be sarcastic but it's confusing right um and but we believe that it's the same thing we brought to the table before that there's no such thing as account-based silo nobody wins if if that's the case if it's if you are going to make a decision on the target market you are going to sell to, then everything you do has to be aligned to that target market. So you asked me about a startup person. Well, you know what the biggest thing is? You can talk to guys like me. You can read blogs, whatever. But the decision you make on how you go to market and how you set everything up will be defined by your ideal customer profile, who it is that you want to sell to, and who is most likely to buy your product. And you make all your decisions after that. So let me give you an example of a bad one that we see startup people make all the time. They say, um, well, we're going to have an inside sales team. Now, look, I'm an inside sales fan. I love it. But do we know that? Or are you doing it because Salesforce did it? 
you got to make the decision based on who the buyer is and how they want to buy. That's a classic decision that's made in a vacuum based on what other companies did versus what your buyer wants. Where you talked about demand generation, it's like, well, you could do Google AdWords, but what if your target market doesn't do Google AdWords? Then, you know, that would say, well, we have to go outbound or we have to do whatever. So th those are examples of things that everything ties back to the ideal customer profile, but then if we can all work together against that ideal customer profile, that's when things start to get really interesting, right? So, you know, the big topic I thought was really interesting um, was um, Sydney, um, Sydney Sloan, just talking about how, like, when she rolled out her account, you know, her marketing plan, I mean, you couldn't even tell what was marketing, right? She had stuff, she had like QBRs with clients in there. It was brilliant, right? And that was the idea is that she said, well, look, we sell to this target market. Remember, she had this nice triangle. She said, these are the people we sell to. And then she said, and here's how we market to them. Here's how sales development will talk to them. Here's how sales will sell to him and how we will help sales sell to them. These are the activities we'll make to make sure they're a successful customer. And here's what we do going forward to go, you know, drive growth. It's, uh, you know, that that's kind of the big thing I tell startup founders is like, you should talk to us. You should see all the ideas. But step one is to define who you want to sell to because most of your decisions will come from that. And, uh, and, you know, I think if, you know, that sounds simple, it's not, right? As you know, a lot of companies spend a lot of time trying to figure out who they sell to. And when you're young, um, you're wrong. But like you brought up sort of Series B starting to take off, you should know enough about your product market fit at that point to feel like you're quote unquote taken off. That would tell you these are the companies that we sell to. And now let's go figure out how we go, go big or go home against those companies. So I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. I had a quick question here before uh, you let me go, but you know, you see organizations or CEOs of companies, founders, etc., raise money and then hire you know a a a sales leader, um, and then decide them or, or or actually ask them to uh, generate revenue or hit a goal in a quarter or so. Right? I see a lot of that stuff, or two quarters. Yeah. They just have kind of a misunderstanding or there's a misalignment. And, you know, a lot of the time what I find is like the founders have actually no clue what it even looks like to sell the thing. There's never been any historical data to look at, you know. So at the same time, you know, sometimes these founders get in a, into a position where they're trying to raise more money or they had just raised money based on some expectations and now they got to try to figure out how to hit it. How much time would you give a CEO or a founder um, to, uh, you know, how much time do you think it takes to be able to actually develop some predictable data to look back to? Is it is it six months? Should you give the sales leader six months, a year? You know, what would you say is kind of a good, at least a good understanding of that timing? Yeah. So, um well, I think, by the way, I would say mistake number one is to hire the sales leader. That poor uh, man or woman is in is in the odds of them making it out of this alive is less than what five percent. Because the key, remember, salespeople, uh, you know, there's so many factors that make them successful. One is product market fit, right? And as you said, who knows how long it takes, right? I mean, you know, you've got companies that 
take off from the get-go, right? Or you, you have a company like Procore, which is like the fastest growing SaaS company in the world that nobody knows about. They've been around for like 12 years, right? So like it, it takes, once you hit that, then you know you, you can bring salespeople on. But here, here's the, my main point. You got, um, uh, I'll give you a quote from John Miller, which is, uh, he, his famous quote at Marketo is, we wrote our first blog post before we wrote our first line of code. And, um, you know, that, that, that's, look, I'm not just saying it's about content, but what I will say is that um, you don't really know anything, and a salesperson's not really going to be successful until you're ready to talk to lots of customers. And um, that means that the first thing, you know, you, you're going to want to do is you're going to want to, set goals against meetings you want to set goal you know you're going to want to you know the growth hacker thing which i make fun of all the time but not to poo them but you got to do it you got to go and see can't do people want to read about this stuff do people want to download stuff about this do people want to take meetings on this topic those all those other factors that come before sales are just as important so it doesn't mean you shouldn't hire a sales leader but like you really can't judge them until all everything gets aligned across the way, and so that can sometimes take a year. Um, they don't get a year, but you know I would rather they would. It just depends on where you are. If if the demand machine is humming and the you're going to give the we understand enough about who we should sell to, and you can deliver those you know meetings to sales and and they can have as many conversations as possible, then yeah, let's put their feet to the fire and let's go for it. They'll take that. But if it's just like, hey, I just hired a sales guy, we have this product, but we got nothing else, they're gonna fail and um, it's not fair to them, you know? So I think it's a complicated question. I'm not sure it's time. I think it's there's a lot of factors that go along with it. Well, thank you so much, Craig Rosenberg, my hero. I hope to see you soon. <laughs> in San Francisco. I'll be back from Miami in about a week. So uh, maybe I can, uh, uh, you know, coerce you to, to let me to come to one of your fantastic events or conferences. Don't you mean when are you coming to Miami, Craig? That's what I thought you were going to say. Well, why don't we do like Topo Miami? Oh, I can't. The Topo Miami, you don't even want to know, man. That's going to be <laughs> off the hook. Anyway, yeah. anyway, it's my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you when you're back in town. Absolutely. And, and Craig, real quick, if folks want to actually follow you on Twitter or hit you up on social media, what's your Twitter handle and what are the best channels to reach you? Uh, so the Twitter handle is Funnelholic, uh, Funnelholic, all one word. Uh, and that's a pretty good way to reach me. I mean, I don't check it as much as people think, but um, I definitely do, right? Um, there's a lot of action there. Um, not just you, there's a lot of action of people reaching out to me there. Uh, but you can also look, go to topohq.com, and there's buttons there to reach out. We're pretty good about getting back to people, so um, I'm happy to I'm happy to engage however you want to engage. But if you want to follow me, certainly Twitter's the way to do it at Funnelholic. And if I'm interested in potentially hiring Topo uh, to do some consulting, you know, what's what's kind of your ideal customer profile? Um. Someone's got multi-million dollars to spend with their consultant. No, uh, B2B, um, primarily B2B, not necessarily tech, although we do have a you know a pretty big uh, beachhead in SaaS. Um, and, uh, you know, it's hard on, like, sort of growth of company. Man, we've seen it across the board. But I'd say that, you know, you, you would, you know, at a minimum, you'd want to have product market fit, Um 
to really gain the value from us. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, everyone else above that, those guys, they're all good. We do a lot of different stuff and, uh, you know, we have clients from the biggest of the world to the middle to the bottom, and uh, we're happy to talk to you about it. So just come to tohohq.com and uh, let me know or reach out on Twitter. Cool. Greg, have a great day. I'll see you shortly. All right, man. All right, take care. <laughs>